You're listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. This is a vintage episode of SequelCast 2 and Friends. Audio quality may not be up to current standards. We apologize for the nastier audio artifacts. Ganzo! Many times ago, you were lost to us. We've come a long way looking for you, little brother. We know of but one way to express our happiness at having found you. Welcome to the sequel cast. The sequel cast is a show that looks at movies in a franchise one movie at a time. We're in the middle at looking at a bunch of the Muppet films. I'm just wrapping up our take on those uh, several theatrical feature films with Muppets in, uh, from Space, not in space. Muppets from Space, released in 99, directed by Tim Hill, written by Jerry Joel, Joey Mazzarino, and Ken Kaufman, starring the regular Muppet crew plus cameos from such actors as. F. Murray Abraham, David Arquette, and Kathy Griffin in Hollywood Hogan. Music by Jamshid Sharifi. And um, this was released through Columbia Pictures, which is owned by Sony. Came out in 99, as I said. And uh, off a budget of $24 million, didn't even earn the budget back, earning only $22 million. Um, I believe that's the U.S. gross. I don't know if that's international gross or not. With me is Thrasher. Hello, everybody. And... Um, our theme song for the sequel cast is written and performed by Mark with the C. You can check out his stuff out at markwiththec.com. And uh, you can check out past episodes of the sequel cast on iTunes. Just search sequel cast or go to sequelcast.com. And if you want to join in on the conversation with movies we're talking about and watch uh, trailers of what we're talking about, all that sort of stuff, go to facebook.com slash sequel cast. Did I miss anything, Thrasher? Uh, you didn't talk about Stitcher. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so we have a few sponsors. One of them is Amazon. If you go to SequelCast.com, we have a uh, advertisement for Amazon.com on the side. And if you click on there last, uh, the next time you go, when you do your purchases on Amazon, we get a small cut of that, and every bit helps. And also Stitcher is an app for, you know, practically every device on the planet, but like for Android or iPhones or Blackberries, all of that stuff, or it's even on desktop uh, computers and Macintoshes. You go to Stitcher, and if you sign up with them through stitcher.com slash sequelcast, not only do you get a copy of the app, but you get a chance to win 100 American dollars, and sequelcast is added as one of your favorites automatically. So it's a way to listen to podcasts streaming on the go. Uh, are you eating candy there, Thrasher? No, I... For a number of reasons, there, there uh, candy wrapper was involved. Uh, 
all all I was thinking of was was trying to naturally work it into the conversation. Can I get Stitcher for my Newton? <laughs> I I never had a Newton, but I had a No one did. A few people did. Not many. Not the people that count. Um so Muppets from Space. Uh this came out ninety nine. I was in high school at the time when this came out, and I did not catch this in the theater. I, I was tempted, but then the commercials, the advertising campaign, I couldn't figure out what their angle was, was, what they were trying to do. So I passed on it in the theaters. I didn't see Muppets from Space for the first time until, um, you know, probably like 2007 uh, or so, uh, renting it from Netflix, uh, watching it with my fiance, who's now my wife, uh, Ivana. So, and, but uh, it was... Uh, Havana is um, two years younger than I am, and this was a movie she really enjoyed growing up. But for me, as of 2005, it was all new. Uh, so, Thrasher. Well, the first time I saw this was, I think, two or three years after it was released. Uh, and I, of all the Muppet movies, this is the one I don't have too many fond memories of. Not because it's Not because it's recent, but because it's just... It's... It's not up to the standards of the other films. And I think you, you touched on something. This movie doesn't know what its angle is. Is this movie trying to tell the absolute canonical truth about the character of Gonzo? Is this a movie Gonzo made to work out his own existential angst? <laughs> or was this a throwaway movie the Muppets had to make to fulfill some weird, rich and famous contract obligation? Those are all interesting points. You know, I was doing some research uh, looking behind the scenes uh, on a on the message board of a great Muppet fan site called Muppet Central. You can check them out at MuppetCentral.com. And uh, they were linking to an interview from another site with uh, one of the writers for Muppet from Space, Joey Mazzarino. And I'm just going to read this quote of what he said about Muppets from Space, the making of it, from the point of view of one of the writers, Joey Mazzarino, as told on Muppet Central. It was a miserable experience. We were working originally with the director, Randall Kleiser, who had directed Grease, one of my favorite movies. We got the green light. It was Jerry Joel's script, and they asked me to do a pass, a pass and I wrote a very parody-heavy script. We parodied Men in Black, Contact, Alien, and we were very close to shooting. Then I got a panicked call from Henson saying they were firing director Randall. They said, we don't feel like he's bringing enough vision. I said, but we've got the green light. We're going. This movie's being made. So they flew me out to L.A. to pick a new director, and we picked a director who was a very nice guy, uh, Tim Hill. And he did a decent job, but he wanted to get rid of all the parody stuff. He wanted it to be more real, and the ending, I hate the ending. <laughs> I have a little... I love it. Go on. Oh, I'm sorry, keep going. Oh, you can go on. This is a long quote. I'm almost done with it. Oh, okay, well, if I can interrupt, yeah. I love the idea... <laughs> Of a Muppet movie free of parody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Because they, they always did um, parody, but they did it in a way that I think is more subtle than something like Family Guy. And I'm saying this being a fan of the cartoon Family Guy. But you can do a parody and be sly or referencing to it, or you can directly outright quote what you're doing in a two-minute scene. Mm. And, and there's a difference between those two. But you're right. I mean, I think that... <laughs> You have a, a script that it's green light, which means, you know, it's good enough to get the movie financed, get it made. And then they take out all the the kind of Muppety stuff in there. Uh, but direct. We, we wanted we wanted to do a Warner Brothers cartoon, but could we dispense with all the squash and stretch? Yeah. Uh, you know, can do it without Bugs Bunny. I'm thinking uh, 
we can have Roger Rabbit in there instead, but uh, we don't have the rights to that, so maybe he'll be uh, a Bugs Rabbit. <laughs> Continue with your quote, please. Sure. Uh, so, director Tim Hill, I do want to take a moment to say, uh, Muppets from Space was his feature film jet, uh, theatrical debut as a director, but he got to start as a writer on series like uh, Rocco's Modern Life and SpongeBob SquarePants. Classic. And uh, since Muppet from Space, uh, he's done a lot of big hits as far as kid movies go, uh, like uh, Max Keeble's Big Move, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, the first live-action Alvin from the Chipmunks, The Hop, uh, sort of CG live-action thing with Russell Brand as the Easter Bunny, and he's uh, supposed to be working on an upcoming remake of Short Circuit. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something. Yes. Matt. The, you see, he's known for such hits as it, I don't think the first three things you named could be considered hits by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, Muppets from Space in the theaters was not a hit. Max Keep. No, I'm talk. I'm talking about Max Keeble's Big Move, <laughs> a title I haven't heard in years. Uh, I believe that was a spinoff of a Nickelodeon uh, kid series. Okay, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kids, the one with Tim Curry. Garfield. Um, a Tale of Two Kitties did extremely well in China. It did really well overseas. It. Oh, I'm sure it did. But... I'm going to tell you how much money A Tale of Two Kitties, Garfield 2, Make made. Make me cry. Be cruel. Yeah. Um, of course, when I search that up on Box Office Mojo, it doesn't find it. God damn it. Okay. So uh, the budget <laughs> isn't listed for Garfield Tale of Two Kitties, but in the U.S. it only made $28 million, which isn't that much these days. But worldwide, it made 113 million. So that's a cumulative box office gross of 141 million dollars. The world is wrong. But the first Garfield movie made 200 million worldwide, um, and that was uh, two years before. So, huh. with Bill Murray as the voice of Garfield and Tim Curry as the voice of his cat twin from uh, England. Jeez. Okay, but. I know what you're saying, and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie didn't light the world on fire, uh, which this uh, Tim Hill was a writer on that. But Alvin and the Chipmunks, that was a legitimate hit. I think Garfield, Tale of Two Kitties Worldwide was a legitimate hit, and Hop did very well. So he's made a run for himself in kids' movies on the, in the, on the big screen, which we don't get that many of, especially live action these days. Um, can I finish with my quote? Yes, yes, please okay. do. I'm sorry, sorry to derail. No, oh, oh, that's like fine. That. That's sequel cast tradition. Um, so, where, so, 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 where did I leave on tradition? I left off talking about okay, uh, the new director. He wanted to get rid of all the parody stuff. He wanted it to be more real. And the and and again, this quote is from a uh, writer, Muppets in Space, uh, Joey Mazzarino, off of Muppet Central, off the message board. Uh, and and uh, Joey Mazzarino said, "I hated the ending." In my draft, the aliens were getting the TV signal of the old Muppet shows, and they made themselves look like Gonzo because he was the ultimate being to him. And they peel back their Gonzo facade to reveal themselves to be this hideous creatures. And it's not about family being those guys. Gonzo's family is the Muppets. So he's still a whatever. He's not an alien in the end. So the fact that they made Gonzo into an alien bugs the crap out of me. Anyway, they hired Tim Hill. He wanted to make all these changes, and I just left. I think that explains a lot. Yeah. I think I would have liked that ending. The uh, the original one scripted? 
Yeah. It, well, yeah, the, the one where they're, where they're, uh, where the aliens just are big Gonzo mm-hmm. fans. Well, I mean, to go even further, uh, when they were developing screenplays for this, the one they went with is by Jerry Joel, but the other one, uh, I believe by Ken Kaufman, was a, a more sort of science fiction intergalactic adventure tale where Kermit gets kidnapped from, by aliens and the Muppets have to rescue him. Well, see, how can you not do that? Because Budget? then you could do all sorts of Muppet Star Wars parodies, right. but then you could also have a cameo by Yoda. Uh, you could indeed, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, to me, that first idea sounds a lot more interesting than, you know, finding out Gonzo's origin. Uh, at the time, the main Muppet from space, I did more research uh, with interviews. I'll let you talk in a second, Thrasher. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Droopy dog. I'll talk when you let <laughs> Boo-hoo. The uh, all the Muppeteers were very excited for Muppets from Space at the time because it was the first uh, Muppet film uh, to have the Muppets in an original story, and it wasn't the Muppets playing characters uh, in a movie based off of you know classic literature. Muppets from Space was like the first one in what about fifteen years since Muppets Take Manhattan, where it was the Muppets on the big screen in an original story. Ah, uh, yeah, right. yeah, it was. Um, so what what were you gonna say, Thrasher? Uh, well, the, the the whole the whole notion of making Gonzo an alien that really is lazy because none of the other Muppets require an origin story. You don't need an explanation for why a bear wears a hat and tells jokes. You don't need an explanation for why a pig wears makeup. You don't need an explanation for what those things are above Doctor Teeth's eyes. And yet, you know, they've already established Gonzo is a whatever. It's I don't, it's just it's it's the same kind of secret origins bullshit that ruins comic books for me. Well, in 1999, that same year, that same summer, Muppets from Space came out. You also had Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which also made a kind of mistake about you know if you explain where things come from, sometimes it's better not to know, or it's more interesting not to know where things come from. You're going to talk about midichlorians, aren't uh, you? Nope, but we are going to talk about the Star Wars films, uh, we did it on a sequel cast special, but we'll, I promise some point in the near future we'll do individual sequel cast episodes on those movies. Awkward silence. Uh, no, no, I'm, yeah. I, I feel I feel many, many ways about doing those movies, but I think we'll have a good time. Uh, me too. Um, so, Muppets from Space, uh, a lot of these other ones, movies, have been like you know, musicals in a sense, or at least had a lot of song and dance numbers. This one, the music is all 70s funk uh, rock. And I I enjoy the music they use, but it seems so random. Well, it's great music, but it's it does seem lazy. For, for a performing troupe known for doing great song and dance numbers using old standards on The Muppet Show, but also original songs in their movies, it does seem lazy to just kind of pull some funk hits out of the 70s and put them in there. Like, like when, when like what the movie opens to, is it Car Wash? Uh, she's a brick house. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah which, is a so- which is a song about loving a fine woman. Full-figured, uh, right? A, 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 an amazing woman who's built like a brick house. It has nothing to do with what's going on. It's just, oh, here's something with a beat. The, the audience will eat this up. That right there shows contempt for the audience. The only way I can think of why they picked music like that is... Easy to clear? I don't know. Maybe Sony owned the rights to all those songs. Like, that's possible. Because uh, this was released through uh, Columbia Pictures, owned by Sony. 
and Sony has a large uh, music library, of course. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe you're pandering to the adults that are taking their kids, uh, presumably, to see this Muppets from Space movie and making them uh, have that pill easier to swallow. And on the old Muppet show, and we'll talk about this more in our uh, uh, spinoff episode in this series of uh, Muppet episodes in the sequel cast, Um, you know, they had pop songs being performed by people at the time the Muppet show was on in the late 70s, early 80s. So maybe it's a callback to that, but not part of the joy of these Muppet films is the original songs, too. And that was also a big part of the series. And, and, you know, aside from guest uh, stars going on and performing their hit and changing a lyric or two to refer to Kermit or whatever. Um, We, you know, something else that, that occurs to me, all, up until this point, all of the Muppet films, despite whatever their content is, they're meant to be just flat-out entertaining. They're not really meant to have a target audience other than an audience that wants to be entertained. Mm. But Muppets from Space, more so than any other Muppet film, does feel like a, a children's movie. The Muppets don't seem to have... They don't seem to have their teeth. They don't seem to be taking any risks. No, I mean, you mentioned the scene in the beginning where, uh, to the tune of the uh, 70s hit Brick House by the Commodores, I believe, um, they have... What are you drinking there? Is it tasty? Uh, it's Tang. Appropriate for space. Very good. I, I'm drinking a uh, Minot's Black Star Double Hopped Golden Lager in a can. Huh. A uh, 24 fluid ouncer. Uh- I drink that from a barrel. From the great... I'm a dwarf. This is from the Great Northwestern Brewing Company. Their logo is a man on a horse saying Yahoo as it buckles. <laughs> and I'm talking about my beer label because that's how great Muppets from Space is. But in, in all seriousness, I like the opening because it shows the different Muppets. Uh, the Muppets all live together in Muppets from Space in a house. It must be a really large house. That's no, it's a tiny house. That's like appalling living conditions. But in the opening sequence, they all have different beds and different alarm clocks, and I thought, well, that's kind of cl- that's kind of fun. That's kind of cute, at least. And it introduces you, hey, you know, they're the Muppets, and they're all in the same house, and they're all friends. That's not a dramatically interesting situation. Yay! Well, it just seems it just seems like a contrivance to get as many Muppets as possible on screen. Right. There's no real reason why they're living together. There's no, there's nothing about rents being high and needing to sublet this house. It's, which I guess presumably they're renting. I don't know. It's it's really can't can't you just you know pare it down to the Muppets you absolutely need Kermit, Gonzo, Piggy, and Fozzie, and just say that they're sharing an apartment. Do you really need to have? Every Muppet, like all, all I could think of is, oh my God, this movie takes place in a world where Muppets are segregated, and this is the only place where they can live. Right. It, it it's just a, a lazy way to get all the Muppets together to get the story going, and yet I have to admit I was bored watching Muppets from Space, and I can't really say that with any of the other Muppet films we've seen so far. I mean, certainly some of the other Muppet movies aren't perfect, but M- Muppets from Space, it's. You know, a lot of movies have like an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot, and multiple stories going at once. This is just kind of like one big story about Gonzo getting uh, signals from space, and he's going to find out where he came from. I mean, the beginning of the movie is very uh, bizarre, of a nightmare Gonzo has of um, 
Noah is letting all the creatures onto his ark, but he won't let Gonzo on because he's just one. Which is kind of a... That could have been an interesting idea to explore. And Noah in that scene is played by F. Murray Abraham, best known for playing Salieri in the film Amadeus, uh, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that beginning, it really... You feel sad for Gonzo, and you feel some pathos for him. It's it's a pretty dark... Yes. The implications <laughs> of that dream sequence are very dark. Sure. I do like that. I mean, that's a well-made scene. The movie never follows up on that, but... It's no case. And like you said, I mean, the tone of this film is all over the place. I, I do like that you have a lot of celebrity cameos, though, this time around. Oh, I thought yeah. that was very nice. Is there one that stands out for you? Uh, the, well, the two... The two that... Well, really, the three. Like, I love... And it's not really a cameo, but I love... Um, Oh hell! Well, I love I love that that Hulk Hogan is in this movie as an MIB. I thought that was a really fun touch, and I like that they they kind of you know they they acknowledge his wrestler persona. Like, well, what do you expect me to do? I'm a bad guy now. And uh, Jeffrey Tambor is K. Edgar Singer, which is that's a cute pun of a name. I, I like that. And then uh, and what is it? Is it David Arquette is the guy in the is the lab jockey? Yeah, he's watching the uh, he's watching the rats. Like he has, he has such. The thing I like about that is you can tell he's having a good time working with the Muppets. Yeah. I don't think it's a great performance, but I find his enthusiasm just totally infectious, and that's what makes me like that scene. As for me, I enjoyed seeing um, Pat Hingle was fun to see as the general, kind of the superior to Jeffrey Tambor, and Pat Hingle I know from uh, Commissioner Gordon and the uh, Tim Burton and. Uh, Joel Schumacher, um, Batman films, oh, yeah. uh, which is sort of a fun bit. And Ray Liotta as the guard. I don't think he's funny and he's trying to be funny. And it's weird because Ray Liotta, especially at this point, was playing all these tough guys off uh, his persona of the character he played in Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. But um, I think it's a fun little thing. Kathy Griffin is in there, too, in a scene with Animal that's pretty funny. And I think this is before Kathy Griffin got her nose job. Is that right? Uh I, I actually don't know. It was like, th- this was when people outside of stand-up comedy fans f- were first taking notice of her. Do you like Kathy Griffin? Generally, generally, yes. I think, I, I think it's, I think it's too easy to get, to get like, she's, there's a persona that she often affects, and that persona is, is completely horrible and distasteful. But as long as you know it's just a persona and she's not really like that, then you're totally fine. I really admire her because my wife and I have watched a bunch of the uh, Life on the D-List, her reality show that was on Bravo. Now she mm. just has like a, a talk show on Bravo. But on it, it covered in, in her life uh, for a bit, she was dating Steve Wozniak, one of the co-founders of Apple. Huh. Uh, which, I mean, talk about a bizarre pain, uh, a pairing. One's a multi billionaire kind of a tubby sort of like bear figure for lack of a better phrase you know and uh but i mean they seem to have good chemistry together it's just very funny to kind of see them around together well you know hey you know paul abdul and dj scat cat man yeah and steve wozniak had a hacked iphone that he was showing off that he rooted to get all these apps custom apps on there which is pretty funny but uh, uh katie holmes and joshua jackson of dawson's creek had a cameo and uh, part of that is uh, Muppets from Space, like the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is where um, Dawson's Creek was also filmed at the time. So, 
That's how they got uh, the Dawson's Creek uh, cameos on there. Um, I like in this film that Miss Piggy is a, a TV tabloid journalist, sort of. Like, I think that's kind of fun. It makes it kind of sense. Does. that That's a role that she'd be good for. And yet, uh, Fozzie the Bear in this one doesn't have a lot to do when he doesn't have his imaginary friend in his finger, Mr. Bimbo. Well, that was just an affectation that Squire Trelawney had in Treasure Island. That that only exists in that movie. That that doesn't <laughs> appear anywhere else in the Muppet canon. That kind of grew to me. I, I wouldn't have minded to see a return of Mr. Bimbo, but... Oh, speaking of the Muppet Cannon, I would love to see Gonzo fired out of the Muppet Cannon. Yes. That would be a great show. That would be great. Um, well, as we're going into uh, trying to avoid talking about Muppets from Space as much as possible, would you like another piece of <laughs> trivia? Sure, lay it on Okay, me. so when Jim Henson was still alive, Frank Oz was talking with him about an idea for an ultimate Muppet movie. And uh, this was never made... And I think Frank Oz still wants to make this as a Muppet movie, if at all possible, um, as far as I know. But the the cons- and this was according to interviews with various people on MuppetCentral.com, various Muppeteers. the The pitch for this was uh, going to be something called the cheapest Muppet movie ever made. <laughs> and the idea is Kermit the Frog is busy, and so he lets Gonzo direct a Muppet film, and Gonzo blows half the budget in the opening credits. And so the beginning of this film has really elaborate opening credits and crazy-ass special effects. And the movie looks shittier and shittier the more it goes on. And it's like a science fiction epic where the budget dwindles by the minute. Uh, yeah. I, I've never heard you laugh like that, Thrasher. Uh, this, this, you have no idea. This is the movie I've always wanted to see. This, this concept is brilliant. So, so maybe one day they'll make it. And, you know, reportedly... One of the reasons why Frank Oz didn't voice um, Miss Piggy and uh, Fozzie Bear and all his other characters in the Muppet movie, uh, just called The Muppets from 2011, is because he was trying to get a Muppet idea off the ground that he had been working on with Jim Henson, which I believe was the same pitch. I can't confirm that, but... I've heard that, although, oh God, could you imagine making that today be even better? Because it could start in 3d <laughs> yeah and slowly get more 2d as the film goes on right i mean i think also a part of the reason they didn't do this in the 80s it's just the budget would have gotten out of hand but i mean you could do with cg stuff with the right company you can do it for i mean just look at something like uh oh what's that called district nine right wasn't yeah. very expensive but had great special effects i mean you could you, you could do that now no problem and i hope that gets made i think that's such a wondrous idea for the muppets and uh unlike muppets from Space. It's the perfect meta idea. Yeah, isn't it? Right. And the Muppets are all about meta. But um, Muppets from Space, I mean, I don't know. You, you get a lot of homages in this to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We mentioned the original version of the script apparently had a lot of parody, and you get some of that in this film. Um, so not only is it a parody, it's a parody of a film kids would not be familiar with in 1999. I would have appreciated it, though. But, I mean, you know, what did you think of the callbacks of that film? You have the mashed potato sculpture that looks like Gonzo's face. I mean, those things, those things are those things are cute. They're 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 cute gags, and it shows that the people behind the film know something about about you know recent science fiction cinema. And like, it's it's a good, it's a good way to deliver to deliver some gags. But at the same time, 
I want I want there to be more of those gags. I want there to be parodies of alien abductions. I want there to be like a, I want there to be a detailed X file send up. I want there to be yeah. a Star Wars send up and a Star Trek send up and just really play like I want to see Teddy Savalas not Teddy Savalas. I want I want to see um I want to see uh Telly Savalas show up and like and, and you know they're like no no we didn't want Kolchak we wanted Kolchak yeah. and you know like a gag like that you know right and I think I mean you think of so much stuff in science fiction you can make fun of and that there hadn't really been a science fiction parody since Mel Brooks's Spaceballs basically if you talk well no no Galaxy Quest we oh oh shit really Quest. okay well Galaxy Quest is a fantastic film um, oh yeah but I mean there, there's so much you can uh, there's so many easy shots and stuff you can take. If you're doing something set in the science fiction genre, especially with Muppets, and they they just don't go there, and you can tell they're going for a Men in Black vibe with Hollywood Hogan and kind of his cronies um, that don't do much. I mean, the plot's so simple. The government guys, uh, led by Jeffrey Tambor as K. Edgar Singer, um, you know, Cap. By the way, do you, do you get the joke with that name? Um, not really. If I'm if I have to guess. It's either a, a pun on J. Edgar Hoover, or is it referring to the sewing machine? Well, no, no, it is. It is J. Edgar Hoover, but a Hoover was a common household appliance, the original vacuum cleaner. The Singer was also a common household appliance, one of the first uh, sewing machines. Oh, okay, so I'm halfway there. Interesting. Yeah, so that, that's where that comes from. You know, I just figured, you know, th- looking back to when we did the Great Muppets Caper and the whole thing with the baseball diamond, I decided to take it upon myself to interrogate you involving all puns in movies. I, I do enjoy puns, but not very good ones, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> as you well know, listening to the sequel cast, dear listener, dearest listener. Um, <laughs> hey, you know something God. I did like? Yes. I loved the set piece that they they kept returning to with the the mice with the mice in the maze or in the lab. I I actually really like it one because I love Rizzo, but I also love all the other people he's in there that that are in the maze with them, the other rats. I love all the prison movie jokes they do. I love the Shawshank Redemption. There's like what is it they do? They do a Shawshank Redemption reference in there. I, I forget the exact reference, but you're correct. Yes. I think it had to do with, like, the, the t- escape tunnel behind a poster. But the other thing I know is, like, the poster that's up there, it's a poster for a Britpop group called the Mice Girls, which I think that was a dated reference when this movie came out. Not so dated. The Spice World movie came within a few years before this. Uh, but even then, no, I guess it would have been a little bit dated. The Spice Girls, while being huge, had a very limited uh, window of opportunity. Um you know when they were fl- talk about flash in the pan and, and a limited supply of beckhams yes very limited supply of beckhams indeed uh, one joke i enjoyed from up at some space it's the only time i laughed in this whole movie and this is a short movie i should mention it's 87 minutes that's not even oh. that's not even counting the credits so you estimate what like five minutes for the end credits at least maybe it's, so this is barely feature length. Um, uh, there's a gag where the the Muppets have to sneak in to rescue Gonzo and Rosa the Rat and all those guys. And so they have this uh, kind of like James Bond uh, Q mission briefing scene with uh, Bunk... Uh, sorry. Beaker? Bunsen Honey. Bunsen and Beaker. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they get this cream to make them invisible... 
and Fozzie accidentally wipes some of it off, and he's chasing after Kathy Griffin. So you see these disembodied Fozzie hands that are kind of oh, terrifying. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cute. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Hello, my name is Jonathan Dunn, and I'm inviting you to listen to Our Three Cents, a weekly podcast where myself and two of my very best gaming chums are counting down our top 100 favourite video games of all time. For all the episodes and information, check out our website, www.our3cents.co.uk. Hi, we're Ellen, Stephen, and Mark, hosts of Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. Topics include programming, design, tools, and more. We also do interviews and one-hour game jams. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get to your wherever you get to your podcast. You get there, <laughs> or at nicegames.club. Oh, you know what else I liked, and this is just because this is just a newer Muppet. Like, um, so this was after I when really, this came out. It was after the Muppet. Um, what was it called? Muppet Night got canceled by this point, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, it had been long canceled. But you got to see, which is one thing I thought was really cool, is you got two two Muppets from that show show up in this movie in a significant uh-huh. way. There's a Pepe the Prawn, who I, I always really liked uh, since his debut on Muppets Tonight. Uh, but also uh, Dr. Von Neuter, which is just this this like over-the-top mad scientist who's also a vet. And I was so happy to see him in this movie. And he's a very terrifying-looking Muppet. His face is just articulated in all the weirdest ways. Is that the one played by Andy Dick? No, no, no. It's it's uh, by uh, uh, Phil Van Neuter is played by Brian Henson. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's very interesting. You have Andy Dick as a cameo, but not as himself, as a Muppet that looks like him, as a mad scientist. And... It, it, wait, wait! I think I think there may be some confusion. Oh, is that not Andy Dick? The, the scientist, the, the scientist you think he's playing is he green with crazy blonde hair and mustache? No. Oh. He has the the glasses and he he hooks Kermit up to the machine. And he's gonna suck the brains, or he's gonna suck the brains out of Gonzo. I have I I have blocked a lot of this movie out of my brain. Uh, I tune keep not, on talking. Like, I'm going to look and see if Andy Dick is on this on IMDb. Yeah, because 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 I think I think you're thinking of Doctor Phil Van Neuter, and that's a Brian Henson Muppet. I don't know where you're getting Andy. You're Dick correct. From. I thought it was Andy Dick because it looks a lot like Andy Dick, and it sounds a bit like Andy Dick. That, that's not how Muppets work. <laughs> well, I don't know. You can. I mean, geez, yeah, it's. Okay, I'm mistaken. I've thought for years that's Andy Dick in that movie, but you're getting confused with Andy Dick's hidden cameo in Zoolander. He has a lot of hidden cameos, and I got to see him do stand up a few years ago at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland. Cool. And um, you know, we saw him twice because the way that comedy festival works is you don't just go in to see one show for an hour. It's kind of like ten comedians, and each one gets ten minutes. And Andy Dick was high off of pot brownies or something and drunk. And, but the first night we saw him, he, he just got into Portland. He was pretty sober and told pretty interesting, moving stories about his childhood and did an opening bit where he spoke in a British accent and pretended like the Andy Dick was just a persona he did to be popular in America, <laughs> which I thought was a pretty good bit. But then the second time we That's saw good. him, he was so high off of pot brownies and drunk that he was supposed to be on stage for 10 minutes. He was on stage for 30 and the comedians after him only had five minutes apiece as a result, so they just spent their whole time bagging on Andy Dick. 
And at one of the stand-up performances he did at the Portland Bridgetown Festival in 2011, he apparently took off all his clothes on stage. That's and Andy. Yeah, that, that's Andy. And uh, I, I know he's been through a few addiction recovery programs. I, I hope he's doing well. I, I think he's actually really funny and more talented than people give him credit for. Um, but he's not in Muppets from Space, as I thought he was. So. Oh, but you know what? Another uh, uh, newer... Not quite as new as Pepe or uh, or uh, Van Neuter. Uh, I was really happy to see Clifford in this movie, although I wish they'd given Clifford more to do. They never give Clifford that much to do. Can you describe Clifford for the audience? He's not one of the well, well-known Clifford, he, Muppets. He's, he, he's a newer Muppet. Um, uh, he, he first appeared on the Jim Henson Hour. He was a, a member of the house band. And he's, this, he's, done by, he's performed by uh, Muppeteer Kevin Clash... He's this uh, he's this purple he's this purple muppet with a uh, mustache, dreadlocks. Sometimes he's wearing sunglasses. Sometimes he just has these kind of these kind of uh, puffy eyes. But he he has he has sort of he's a muppet with a real sort of smooth hip jazz kind of sensibility. And he was the host on Muppets Tonight. And it should be mentioned also with Clifford, uh, you know, Kevin Clash who does the the puppeteering and the the muppeteering. I don't know what we'd call it and does the voice. Also is the voice of Elmo most famously. But also, I mean, the way Clifford looks and acts, do you think in some ways he, in the dreadlocks, that he can be uh, sort of uh, considered like an African-American Muppet character? Is that Well, that's kind of, right? that's kind of what, what is being affected. Uh-huh. But at the same time, when I look at a Muppet, I see a being which is beyond race and sometimes even beyond gender. Okay. Can you hold on for a second? BJ just hopped on. Oh, very nice. So let's chat with him, but we're not going to add him on right away. This episode was getting pretty thin. I'm glad we're going to have uh, somebody to help us thicken it out. Uh, BJ, did you see Muppets from Space in the theater? I did, yes. Cool. And uh, what did you think at the time, or what? Or when's the last time you've seen it? Like, what's the? What do you think about that one? Uh, I I actually owned it. It's on my shelf. I, I have oh, a few okay. Muppet movies. Yeah. Huh. Um, I got that one actually in like a two pack. It's um, Muppets Take Manhattan and Muppets from Space, which is a weird two to pair up. They don't seem to match, but hey, um, I think it's because they were like the, the closest to each other, not including the the storybook ones, yeah, which are actually favorites. Um, but I, I like I love Muppets from Space because honestly, I it's the 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 soundtrack. The the wonderful they had an amazing soundtrack, especially with all the the good old funk. Yeah. No, I think the music one is is one of the stronger things of the film, and yet I'm not sure if the music makes much se- it's sense. It's a weird departure because the other Muppet films were more like musicals. Yeah, this one was definitely a lot more story driven. I mm-hmm. think it was very much about us. And it, what I liked about that was that it was about a side character. Right. It wasn't That's about Kermit and Piggy because it's always Kermit and Piggy, Kermit and Piggy, Kermit and Piggy. And this it's Gonzo, and you, and you know you finally got to answer the question of what the heck is he? What, what did the an- what? which was also kind of sad that he's an alien. It's like uh, you know he, he's Gonzo. That's what he is. Yeah, was he gonna, should have been a demon. I was going to say, Thrasher, you're very upset about the reveal at the end where it says, "Oh, Gonzo is actually an alien from." You, you don't even get to see the planet for Christ's sake. Like that might have been neat if you're going to go with him being an alien. You can see a Gonzo planet. You just see a spaceship that looks like a chicken. Um, but We did get to see a giant spaceship, and yeah. Yeah, and so there's a spaceship. And a great, you know, funk show. Yep. Uh, Thrasher. 
Yeah. What do you think about Gonzo as an alien? Well, as I said, it just it seems like a, a lazy explanation, but something else about him turning out to be an alien that I really don't like. Gonzo has always been an iconoclast, and he's always been his own man. But once you introduce that he's an alien from a whole planet of people that are just like him, now he's just another slub from a planet of slubs. It doesn't make him special. Well, it does, because he's the only one still on Earth, so he's still the only slub on Earth. Yeah, but I, I don't think uniqueness should come from geography. I think it should it should come from your own character. I'm actually not even sure that that's in canon. Like, well, I'm pretty sure that that the, the Muppets from Space is almost like a spinoff, like a like a side story. Like it doesn't well, exactly exist. Well, we talked about this earlier, but my theory is that this movie is the movie the Muppets made to fulfill a contractual obligation. <laughs> So they're not actually revealing anything about Gonzo. They're just, uh, they just, this is just the plot they got saddled with. I mean, at the time, the Muppeteers during the making of this film really liked it because it was the Muppets getting to do a, uh, an original story instead of something based off a, a, a storybook, a, a classic in children's literature like Treasure Island or Christmas Carol. And Which are actually two, my two favorite Muppet movies. Yeah, I, I think Christmas Carol with Michael Caine is is amazing. That that one's really good. I like that one too. And uh, and and Tim Curry with the Muppets. I mean, that's just such a great combination. For oh, Treasure yeah. Island. That's a, a really good combination. Um, I mean, I think even when they did uh, when the Muppets did interviews for the Muppets uh, a movie released in 2011, just called The Muppets. Uh, Kermit the Frog. It was trash talking Muppets from Space, but um, <laughs> it it came out at a weird time, I think. It had been a long time. It definitely had been a long time, yeah. Since uh, it had been, I think, three or four years since Muppet Treasure Island, and uh, it, it could have used a different title, Muppets from Space. It's like they don't go to space. I don't know. Well, there's really only one Muppet from Space, so it and should just be Muppet from Space. Gonzo from Space. I don't know. <laughs> that, that should be the title. I don't know. I always Gonzo wondered if the, the prawn was actually a prawn or if he was an alien. <laughs> he is pretty weird, yeah. Gonzo be from... a prawn from District 9. Or it, it should have been called Muppet from Space in parentheses. It's Gonzo. <laughs> well, you could you could already figure it out, though. Like, you could yes, see that title yeah, and yeah. figure out the whole, oh, it's Gonzo. Well, the, nobody knows what else what it is. Well, I think even in, like, the trailer and the TV ads, they even showed, like, the ambassadors for the Gonzo planet in their, sp- in, like, coming out of the spaceship. Yeah. See, the Gonzo planet has a totally different meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean it's to like you? All in your, all in your face cameras all the time. Oh, <laughs> are you you're familiar with Gonzo reporting or Gonzo porn? Oh yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> if, if you, the two greatest Gonzo porn parodies ever made uh, are the MILF solicitors and uh, the Bone Boys. Look those up on uh, channel101.com. They are fucking hilarious. It would be interesting to see them do an episode that was Muppets of like, I know they, they did their little, like it was like a special or something they did on, on channel one one. I'd love to see them do Muppets gone. So poor. It'd be hilarious. Now, did you know that? We, channel, we should totally do that. Did you know that? Channel, come on, come on, get in the car. We're making a movie. Here's 20 bucks. Get in the car. 
Come on, come on. Did you know that Channel 101, the co one of the co-founders of that was Dan Harmon, creator of Community? Yep. I think that's I've just I've been trying to get into it, but Community gets better in its second season, I think it. And I don't think it's hilarious episode to episode. But um if nothing else, you should watch the Dungeons and Dragons parody episode from season 2 of Community. That one Star Wars uh, episode, the Star Wars episode, the Law and Order episode, and the video game episode are also very good. Yep. Oh, and the uh, the uh, Parallel Timelines episode, which I know was nominated for the Hugo, but I'm not sure if it won. Hmm. hmm. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into that sometime when I'm not thinking about the Muppets. Right. Uh, so we should say, <laughs> yeah, what does community tell us about Muppets from Space? That, um... uh, I mean, I could tell you a little story. That was oddly enough, that was kind of the makeout movie for uh, me and uh, my first girlfriend. Huh. We would uh, we would try to watch Muppets in Space and end up. Yeah, it was, it's kind of an odd. Is it odd movie for that to to you know to be about? But yeah. So I did you use the line. I have something that looks like Gonzo's nose. Oh, <laughs> No, oh, no, okay, I don't, great. I don't remember. It's been, I mean, this is years oh, ago. Oh, I'm sure. But that, 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 that's very sweet. I can, uh, I, I recall I, myself when I was, uh, had my first girlfriend, um, she liked a lot of uh, uh, Disney sort of stuff. And I think we made out in a theater to a Disney cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, like, I, I call mine the whatever. <laughs> But actually, I don't think that's an isolated incident because um, uh, I went to uh, a, a two two uh, when Sarah and I had had were in our first year of dating. Two of her friends, uh, Joe and Rachel, got married, and so we we were both at the wedding. And the 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 priest was you know you know talking you know giving the whole you know preamble of the ceremony, and that was apparently it. Jo, uh, Joe and Rachel's first date was to see uh, it was a blind date, and they went to see Muppets from Space. Hmm. So, so if if nothing, this movie did uh, inspire some romance, right? Um, you know, I still don't think we ever finished actually watching that movie. Hmm. Huh. So, so you don't know the real ending? No, I've seen the. Whole, I've seen it on my own. I've watched it on my own, but it's just kind of like I never actually watched it all with her. Don't right, know if she'd right. seen it from now, but yeah. That's about the only thing amusing I have about Muppets from Space. No, that's a fantastic story. Thank you, BJ. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually I like the design of the the ship and the the costumes for the uh, the Gonzo people. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun. It's a lot of different colors. Um, it's it's nice to hear. It 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 really does feel like a concert performance at the end. The movie does calm down, and you get to see a, a whole song being played out. And also, I I love the the opening sequence with the the house, and everything's all weird, and they're all jammed in that little house. It reminds me of just a, a lot older uh, older humor that you'd have stuff like that. And I think this was aimed a lot at the older audiences, like really the people who grew up with the Muppets. Because of the music choices. Because well, the music choices and that, and it's just the and the concept is think about it. When you were a lot of people who were adults then, have been growing up watching the Muppets. They right. grew up as kids yeah. watching the Muppet Show, yeah. and so they've always wondered what is Gonzo. Hmm. So now you could, and this was a way for them, you know, because oh gosh, I would have been. I'm trying to. I don't even remember how old I was at the time. 
but char- start to think about it as a as a reactivation of the Muppets as they remembered them with the Muppet movie and the Muppets take Manhattan and stuff mm-hmm. stuff in the eighties. Because uh, everything in the nineties was really just the you know the the storybooks. Yeah. And so you have it was kind of a revitalization or an attempt to revitalize the traditional Muppets for the you know for the older audience, and then they can bring their kids and get get them into it. Are there actually any uh, Muppet performances that really stand out for you? Uh, it's been a while since I said I couldn't really point anything out. I haven't seen it in so long. <sighs> I, I always love the the banter between Gonzo and Rizzo. They've, oh, they've yeah. always been one of my favorite screen uh, screen couples. I guess you'd call them a screen couple. I don't know what you'd call them, but they ought to do a they're like they ought to do a road movie together. I'd love to see like a talk show. Oh yeah, with Gonzo and Rizzo. <laughs> Late you know, night Gonzo, with Gonzo. Yeah. Oh, it'd be a whole lot better than Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You could get you could get uh, I guess Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem would be the house band, and they could interview oh, real awesome. people and Muppets. I mean, you could you could interview cartoon characters, everything, kind of like the old Space Ghost Coast to Coast, where you'd have like the TV come down, it would be like a real person. On the TV. Oh, yeah. Huh. So I think we should start wrapping up things here with our uh, three signature sequel cast segments. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to start off with a new one. I don't know if you're familiar with this, BJ, but you can sit and listen uh, while we do this really quick. It's called Sequel Cast Theater, in which... Thrasher and I take turns imitating Muppet, imitating a scene from the film. Each one of us. I'll doing... just um, I'll pretend to be uh, Waldorf and Statler and heckle you. Okay, that, that that's that's fantastic. Perfect. So, uh, in this uh, sequel cast theater segment for Muppets from Space, uh, we are, you know, each uh, me and Thrasher are each doing a different scene from Muppet from Space, and then you get to vote either you know on YouTube or on the Facebook page which one you like better. So I I'll begin to set the stage. My scene is Gonzo. Uh, looking at his cereal and his uh, alphabet cereal, uh, start spelling a message to him. So here's my scene. <laughs> it's, it's very brief. Hey, Rizzo, come here. I think my Captain Alphabet is sending me a message. Yeah, I know what you mean. I had some guacamole last night, and it's still speaking to me. <laughs> okay, Thrasher. <laughs> <laughs> so so which one is my scene? Um, The one that says you... With Kermit saying, okay, guys, do you see that in the uh, chat box? I, I do not appear to. All I see is, all I see is things listed me. <laughs> okay, guys. See, I can't do Kermit. Oh. Let, me, let me post I this. I see it. Do you see this, Thrasher? I just posted it again. If you open up the chat box. Well, which, which chat box? Because we had two going. The chat box with all three of us. Oh. Do you see that one? Kermit. Okay, guys. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. So, so, so set the scene see. for yours. <laughs> okay, so uh, this scene takes place in Muppets from Space, and I don't think it needs any more setup. <laughs> okay, guys, it's up to us. We have to save Gonzo from a whole army of government agents. Well, uh, I have a joke book. Drumsticks. Drumsticks. I have some of those jello, okay? Uh, okay, well, that settles that. 
So who did better in Sequel Cast Theater performing a scene from Muppets from Space? Me, Matt, or Thrasher, who you just heard? Uh, put a vote on uh, facebook.com slash sequelcast. Email us at sequelcast at gmail.com. Or uh, just go on YouTube and look sequelcast. It'll be on there as well. Uh, what does Statler and Waldorf think? Yes. BJ? I can't come up with anything witty because it's... <laughs> all I could do is try to laugh. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, I can't even get that right today. Oh, that's pretty good. Wow. I know you've had a long day. Uh, so our next segment is uh, pitch a sequel in which we pretend and none of the sequels after the movie we're talking about existed. And we, and we pitch an idea for a sequel. So this is pretending like nothing ever came out after Muppets from space. And um, we each uh, pitch a sequel. So I will start. <laughs> okay. I think, uh, you know, after Muppets in space, theatrically, it was a flop. So... Um, where do you go from there? I think you would call it um, Muppet Idol uh, after the popular American Idol show at the time that was blowing up. And you would have it be kind of a mockumentary about the various Muppet characters uh, performing on an American Idol-style show. So you get to have the songs in there as part of this competition and the audition and all this stuff. And you get to spoof the whole genre of reality television. Muppet Idol, that's my pitch a sequel for a sequel to Muppets from Space. Oh, could one of the new Muppets who hosts the show be uh, Simon Fowl, some sort of duck? I think it'd be one of Gonzo's chickens, but yes, sure. (laughs) Wouldn't he be like a King Mallard? Ooh, Ooh, very good. King Mallard sounds like a cool, like, name for a villain. It does. Uh, that, that is that is a tender duck, isn't it? I thought yes, it was. Yes, yes, I is. think it is. Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm not pulling uh, that out of my butt. Thrasher, pitch a oh, sequel. Okay, well, so I would do a more direct sequel to Muppets from Space. It would be called Muppets from Space, A Shadowed Sky. <laughs> uh, and in this one, uh, you know, of course we know at the end of this movie, Gonzo elects to stay on Earth with his, with his uh, friends. Uh, who are, uh, in a way, his family, and then the the his uh, the aliens go back to their home world. But when the aliens get back to their home world, that's when their home world starts receiving broadcasts of the Muppet Show, and they see what kind of horrible treatment Gonzo has been getting over the years. Mm. So they launch an invasion of Earth. <laughs> uh, and that is re- the least threatening alien invasion I could ever think of. <laughs> they drop giant <laughs> space eggs and like shoot sure. people out of cartoon cannons. But all sorts of crazy, t- all set to all set to the William Tell Overture, but um, or or Katsukuri and Saber Dance. But anyway, so they're doing horrible things to the Earth, and Gonzo and the Muppets they have to they have to explain to the aliens what comedy is by doing a comedy review that stops the alien invasion. It's kind of like that episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where Joe Piscopo teaches Data what comedy is, and the no, maybe not. Well, he attempts to teach. Uh, he does. Hey, no. <laughs> um, Joe Piscopo did a mean Frank Sinatra. That's true. He, a, he did a killer uh, Ronald McDonald as well. Man, he would be great with Eddie Murphy like in a team-up retro movie. <laughs> like, I don't know if Joe Piscopo... Except Eddie Murphy doesn't do, like, grown-up movies anymore. He hasn't done grown-up movies for years. Man. Ah, boom me out. Jeez. If you want to hear uh, us talk about when Eddie Murphy was in a comedy, check out the very first three episodes of SequelCast at SequelCast.com, where we covered the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Oh, yeah. Some of his best work. But actually, yes. um, uh, Joe Piscopo did do 
a did do a zombie cop movie called uh, Dead Heat. Um, yep, he did. <laughs> so check that out. Why don't you? He's filming a movie right now called How Sweet It Is. Oh. Where an alcoholic theater owner needs to put together a successful musical in order to pay off his mob debt, but problems arise when the wise guys want to cast their friends in the production. It's like the producers, but with violence. <laughs> Lots of violence, because it's the mob. Sounds like Bullets Over Broadway, by directed and written by Woody Allen, but yeah. Um, okay, whatever. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> um, uh, BJ, do you have a pitch a sequel to do? Sure. Okay. Since uh, this kind of failed to reboot the the Muppets franchise, right. I would reboot it myself in a different way. It would be Jim Henson's The Humans. It's a <laughs> world of Muppets, and there's a bunch of humans trying to make it in showbiz. Redo the Muppet movie, but with humans instead of Muppets, and Muppets instead of humans. I like that. So it, would, That's... So it would be like it would begin with like Jim Henson in a swamp made out of foam rubber. Singing. No, no, it would literally be Jim Henson. Well, I guess it would be like the dead body of Jim. It would be Brian Henson at this time, I guess. No, no, they would have used CGI and animatronics and go motion. You're right. They would have used, they would have had CGI Jim Henson. Well. So it would have, yes. It, and they would travel in a car. You have Frank Oz driving the car. I don't know why. I, just think, I, don't, I don't remember if he... Fozzie, I think he did. He did and everyone yeah, would Fozzie. play multiple roles who played multiple Muppets. Yes, they would put on different hats and mustaches and stuff. So <laughs> it, it would be the Muppeteers themselves in live action playing the same characters as the Muppets they portrayed, or no, they'd just be playing themselves. They'd be playing themselves if they were in the situation of the characters <laughs> from the original wow. Muppet movie. I really like well, that. Well, it doesn't have to be the original Muppet movie. It could be any of the Muppet yeah, other. I so, huh? It could be huh. Manhattan or something. Oh, and would the would the cameos all be non Muppet puppets? No, they'd all be Muppets. <laughs> I have to say, like talking about all these Muppet movies, it wants me to want to track down this uh, old game for the PlayStation One. I've never played it, but it's called Muppet Race Mania. So it's like it's like a Mario Kart ripoff with Muppet characters, but all the tracks and stuff are based off of scenes from uh, the first six Muppet films. The Muppet Movie, Muppet Caper, Take Manhattan, Christmas Carol, Treasure Island, and Muppets from Space. And um, uh, to me, that and they got all the the voice actors due to the voice, the different Muppets and stuff. I think I think that sounds interesting to me, but I'm sure the game doesn't hold up very well. Because a lot of uh, PlayStation One stuff just simply doesn't anymore. Okay, well, very good, BJ. Uh, so we're we're gonna close things out here in this episode of the sequel cast of Muppets from Space with our What You're Watching segment in which we talk about a piece of media, whether it be book, film, video game, CD, MP3 file, website, whatever, that we've been enjoying this past week. I'll start. Um, I've recently been uh, fooling around with the uh, Xbox 360 video game Driver San Francisco. It was on sale at the store, and I didn't play the driver series of racing games on the PlayStation One that much. Cause you know, that, Matt, it was uh, it was yeah. actually on sale on Steam this past week. Was it? For oh, dirt cheap. Yeah. Oh, okay. I paid a bit more for it for the 360 use, but I, I, it's fascinating because the other ones, as I recall, they're more gritty and stuff. But this one, the um, Driver San Francisco. Now, 
most racing games don't have a story. This is kind of like open world, kind of like Grand Theft Auto, except you're racing around. But try to follow the plot of this one, Thrasher and BJ. You're a guy. You're a guy that's a cop, and you're with his partner, and you're chasing down. There's a drug dealer that gave your main character like a pretty bad shoulder injury, and he's escaping from jail, and you got to chase him down. And he apparently kills you, but he doesn't kill you. Your spirit still lives on, so your spirit can inhabit the bodies of other people. And that's how you do different missions. You might inhabit the body of a, a stunt car driver on the set of a reality show, having to do crazy stunts for a, a crazy movie producer. You might have to uh, possess the body of a father and his daughter as they're trying to race cross-country as they're moving. Uh, it, 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 it's such an interesting way to do different sort of short stories in these kind of racing mini-games spread across a big city, and yet you do have the main storyline where you help the cops track down the drug dealer, too. I think it's really clever. The graphics look great. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. And I don't like racing games, and I'm normally bad at them, but I think this one is pretty fair uh, with the difficulty. So Driver San Francisco, I, I'd recommend giving it a shot. I first heard about it through the uh, Cheapy D and Wombat on the Cheap Ass Gamer uh, podcast. So, um, BJ, what's a, a, something you've enjoyed over the past week? Let's see. Uh, well, the past two weeks, I saw the ending of uh, one of my favorite TV series on sci-fi, Eureka. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. no, ha- has that finale. always been on sci-fi? And uh, the, the, the season premiere of Warehouse 13 was last hmm. night. So has Eureka always been on sci-fi, or was it on some other channel first? It's always been on sci-fi, actually. Okay, huh. Um, well, it's, it's a very, very good series. I, and oddly enough, like a day after the, seri- the series finale, the whole season was available on DVD. So you can see all of season five right now. Um, let's see. I also uh, I, I picked up a bunch of stuff on the Steam, the, the Steam sale. Sure. I finally played Portal and Portal 2, both amazing. Yep. Um, as well as Half Life Two. Um, hmm. Those are really good. Uh, that's other than that. Um, I also picked up a Knights of the Old Republic, or which I didn't really care for. I know everybody says it's amazing, but I wasn't really they digging re- it. They re-released that as a two-pack um, on PC. I'm not sure if it's on Macintosh, but uh, the, the PC ver- for the PC version um, on Steam, they only had the original. I think it has to do with who the developers were for one and two. They okay, were I think that, they must be coming out with two of them. But uh, I played some of that, you know, like last year, and it takes a bit to get <laughs> used to the combat, and I find the game very difficult until you get a uh, a healing uh, ability. And, and the yeah. first planet on this kind of junk planet, where there's these like alien dogs and stuff, is really boring. It, it, now, actually, I did pick up the the, the recent MMO the Bio, from Bioware, oh, old uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's a lot. Of the story. It's very single player feeling. It, yeah, it, it agree, definitely has yeah. the same feel as a Bioware yeah. game, but it plays a lot easier than um, than than Knights of the Old Republic. I played that. Uh, a lot of the storylines actually line up with stuff that's happened in the previous games. Now, have they made that free to play yet? Up to level 15 or so? Um, there is yes, or, up to level 15. Okay. I actually I. Made up to that and decided it was worth it, at least buying um, and playing for a month. Right, I, I got so it. I, I, that and, I got yeah. the Star Wars Old Republic, uh, the MMO, uh, um, the first month it came out, and paid you know whatever. Got the first free month and played it with a, a friend for a bit. And I, it, it does feel like a single player game. It seems a bit weird as far as an MMO goes, but 
I played as I the... I think it's really designed to roleplay. Like, you have yeah. to go in there. That's one of the things I've learned with Warcraft lately, is you have uh-huh. to... If you roleplay, you make your own fun. Yeah, and uh, I... And so... I played wow, with a few of the different nine months. Yeah, I played with some of the different mm-hmm. starter characters in the Old Republic, mm-hmm. and I really like the Imperial agent storyline, which are kind of like an asshole bad guy James Bond, Imperial secret agent assassin dude, and it was just really different as far as tone. It felt um, less Star Warsy and more like a '70s spy movie. I've I've checked out the Smuggler so far, which is uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. You feel very Han Solo-y. Yeah, yeah, but I bet. Not, but not too much so. And then I've also played Jedi Knight, which is a lot of... That one's pretty fun as well. Uh, I'm actually playing with uh, my friend Lindsay. We're playing... Uh, we're going to play a counselor and a knight um, tag team and see how that goes. Is that something you'd be interested in checking out, Thrasher? I know they're coming out with it on the Macintosh soon, and they've I, made it free to play for the first, you know, 15 experience levels. I'd be willing to check you get it out. a lot of story in 15 levels. Too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of story there, and yeah. you do see, you see like an ancient Jedi homeworld, and you see Coruscant um, within those 15 levels, which is it's a lot of fun. Huh. I I'd, I'd be willing to give it a shot. I just don't know how invested I'd get in it in the long run. Right. It's something you got to make time for, and that can be uh, uh, difficult. Um. Okay. So, so yeah, we, I've been on a Star Wars kick. So between that great. and uh, and I got season three of Clone Wars as well. So I've been really busy the past couple of weeks with consuming media. Uh-huh. I need to get back <laughs> into Clone Wars. Wars. I've heard it got better as it went along, um, as far as animation and stuff goes in the right. Oh yes. Well, they, yeah. they, what's neat is you see character. Well, see, we have, that's why we had to do Star Wars so right. we can talk all about no. the amazing things they do with uh, with that series and and how Fair I think it, it's some of the best Star Wars there's been in in. in you know, decades. Mm, fascinating. Yeah, sure. No, that's definitely coming down the line on sequel cast. Uh, all right. Well, um, this was the sequel cast on Muppets from Space. Uh, next week. Hey, what about me? Uh, I'm sorry, Thrasher. <laughs> BJ went on for so long. I sorry. Don't, forgot... don't put the blame on him. He didn't forget. <laughs> I okay, Thrasher. What, 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 what you've been watching? No, mine, mine's pretty short. Okay. Uh, what, what you watching about, Willis? No, uh, mine's Pretty short. Uh, I've been uh, I've been uh, rewatching uh, the original Star Trek. Ah, okay. So with Captain Kirk, Mister Spock. Yep, yeah, and uh, yep. Doctor McCoy, uh, Uhura, and all the rest. Yeah. In yeah, order just like, uh, or justice matter? Not that it matters really with that series. But... Mostly, mostly in order. Uh, my girlfriend Sarah had had never like she knows of the original Star Trek, but she doesn't, and she knows she saw it when she was a kid, but she doesn't remember anything about it. So we've been going back through and watching all the classic episodes. Mm, fun. I don't even remember anything about it um, as watching it as a kid. <laughs> I remember the movies. Oh yeah, I definitely remember the yep. movies because. Probably my favorite Star Trek is the movie era. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Great uniforms. Look very military-ish, but not too much. The ones from Star Trek, the motion picture you're talking about, right? Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Wrath of Khan and oh, okay. all. I don't know what that was. I don't. I think people just forget that Star Trek, the motion picture existed. That's that doesn't. That's you know not in the canon. You got Bones with his the, pimp the chain. Harlan, the Harlan Ellison review calls it the motionless picture. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, cool no uh, speaking of Star Trek you know my wife Vanna and I uh, have been um, she's been introducing me to Star Trek Next Generation which I wasn't that familiar with the TV show and over it's taken us a year to, on and off to get through the first two seasons worth of episodes 
Um, and I think I like some of the season one stuff more than season two, but I, I think it, I just find it kind of boring, honestly. I don't know. I, I, I like the character of Data a lot. I like Picard, but they haven't explored much of the other characters yet, and I understand that's coming. Um, in season two, though, you do have the episode where they introduce Borg for the first time, where Q throws him in an alternate scenario in which the Borg fucks up the Enterprise, uh, which is pretty cool. So, um, I actually really like Wesley Crusher. People hate me for that, but I like Wesley Crusher. What's weird, they, they hate Crusher, but they love Wheaton. Isn't it? That's a, that's a strange... I like them both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Wheaton wrote a really interesting... I don't know if it's in like print, but it's certainly an e-book called Memories from the Future. And he just talks about, episode by episode, his experience on the set and kind of uh, reviewing the episodes, two of season one of Next Generation of Star Trek. His web show is amazing. Check it out, everybody. It's called Tabletop. I've never seen it. Okay, I'll have to check that out. We're running a bit yeah, long it's, here. But... Yeah, is that on um, Nerdist or something, or no? It's, just... um, it's on, on YouTube. There's a channel called Geek and Sundry. Okay. Uh, it's mainly him and Felicia Day behind the whole channel. Huh. And so right. it's a lot, of, uh, a nice. lot of good stuff there. Very cool. All right, BJ. Well, thank you very much for coming on uh, for the end of this uh, Muppets from Space episode. I know it's been a while, and you've been really busy with grad school and, and work and all that stuff. But we'll uh, we'd be glad to have you on again anytime you can. Sure thing. You guys do Star Wars, and I will make sure I'm here. Absolutely, sir. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So for the sequel cast, this is Matt. And Thrasher. And BJ. Saying... What do you expect? I'm a bad guy now. I'm Gotham's record <laughs> Okay. Wait, what? Maybe not. <laughs> what does that have to do with puppets? Nothing. How muppet of a thing to say. Yeah. All right. Good night. Good night. She's night to my tag. Just letting it all hang out. She's a bread. Ow. I like lady stack. That's a fact. Ain't holding up.